0: Socrates said, follow where the evidence leads. Well, where's the evidence for Joseph Smith's claims? Next on Polygamy, what love is this? This is the second part of our interview with Kathleen Melanakis. She was here last time as we discussed her experiences at the recent July Sunstone Conference and some of the activities and topics that they covered. This time, we want to talk more about the book that she has authored, and um, we're going to introduce her and the book, and then we'll talk uh, more about what's inside of it. So, thanks again for coming, Kathleen. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And you did a lot of work coming up with this uh, big book that you've written. Yeah. I remember when you were writing it, and you're just traveling all over from place to place, just picking up on the information that the evidence led you to. Yes. And, and I, it,
1: one lead would lead to another. And, and then I'd find another source. And, and sure mm-hmm. enough, there was a lot of evidence Yeah, that could not be
0: and your hidden book anymore. Is, and your book is full of the footnotes. This, it's got the references, the resources that you used and, and all that. So it's not stuff that you've made up and put in the book just to, to blacklist Joseph Smith or anything like that. It's oh, actual no, evidence that you used. Oh, this is
1: primary sources from mm-hmm. the 19th century from both within... And without the church, I mean, there's, I went mm-hmm. to courthouses, to libraries, to archives, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of books online now that you don't even have to leave your Why? home. Right, that's true. But, so, but there's records in the church itself. And Joseph Smith said himself on on quite a few occasions about, he talked in his notes or, you know, about the, there, you find it in the records themselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: about the counterfeiting.
0: There's so. a lot there. Okay, so so it's been a couple of years since you wrote the book. Um, explain to our viewers where they can get a copy of, of your book and then, of course, the name of, the bo- of your book.
1: It's Secret Combinations, because that's what it was, uh, Evidence of Early Mormon Counterfeiting from 1800 to 1847. So they can obtain it. Online at Amazon.com or utlm.com at Sandra Tanner's bookstore or Benchmark Books or uh, Mm mormoncounterfeiting.com, my website. Uh, Or you might run into me at a Sunstone or another conference or uh, contact me yourself.
0: Well, absolutely. Uh, Now, you've got the dates there, 1800 to 1847. 1800 was before... Joseph Smith was born 1847 mm. is after he died. So this uh, counterfeiting was going on all during those years in early America, correct? Well, yeah, there was so
1: much evidence in Nauvoo when they were really powerful. I mean, they had 18,000 followers and and Joseph Smith was the head of all the government mm-hmm. that I <clears throat> uh, you know and the and the federal indictments came after he was killed. Uh but there was so much that was going on then. I said, I wonder if it went on earlier mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. And sure mm-hmm. enough, you can trace it back to Joseph Smith Sr. and Lucy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They were, and William Cowdery Jr., Oliver's father. They were observed to be in a radical sect called the Woodscape Group. Okay. And so that was from 1800 to 1802. So it, it sure looks to me, and you can evaluate it yourself, that the counterfeiting started way before the Book of Mormon.
0: Before the Book of Mormon, and but it was in the Smith family, and so they definitely were involved with that. On page mm. 20, you write, and I quote, some Mormon believers, when they become disillusioned with Mormon contradictions, automatically reject Christianity. It's one of the aims of this work to explain Mormonism's relationship to biblical Christianity in early America so that modern investigators can understand from whence the ideas came and evaluate them separately. In order to tell this story, I had to make it a history, not only of events and personalities, but of ideas and culture in early America as well. That's the aim of your book, Mm -hmm. the, the purpose of the book. Is that correct? Well, one of the major
1: aims because so many people become disillusioned with Joseph Smith and Mormonism but they just, they they equate Mormonism with the only true church mm-hmm. which he claimed it was mm-hmm. the only true Christianity
0: Why?
1: but they don't evaluate them separately and there was a complex relationship between Mormonism and Christianity all the way through Joseph Smith's uh, beginning to, I think, twist it from what it really is. I mean, early on, right, it's different. They threw out the uh, f- four pillars of Christianity of Protestant biblical Christianity. That's faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone, and with
0: Scripture alone. They they got rid of those all you know mm-hmm. very quickly. Right, right. In fact, its foundations or, or uh, Scripture outside of the Bible. Oh, the revelations, yeah, are are totally, uh, you know,
1: adding to scripture alone that they did not do that. So you cannot say that Mormonism is the same as Christianity. They have totally different
0: doctrines and ways of even determining what truth is. And they didn't want to be called Christian to start with anyway, so like you said... Um, and this falls in with, with the quote that you uh, made on page 82 that Dan- Daniel Kidder said, the Book of Mormon is the most successful attempt ever made to counterfeit the Scriptures. So <laughs> so now we have more yeah. than one counterfeiting going on here that you bring up in your book, and of course that's the Bible. Well, uh, the, it's a counterfeit Bible. Right. Uh, they, it, we know that it's not a
1: history, mm-hmm. because... There's quotes from Shakespeare in it, and the King James Bible. Those are from the 1600s, mm-hmm. so obviously it's not from 600 A.D. So th- yeah, it's a counterfeit. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. they, they they decided to make a a you know spurious history, and and it, there's a whole story about it. How the seeds of that r- arose in Vermont when they were in.
0: And that was my next question. Oh. Why you said Vermont was a fertile ground for this? Why why was Vermont a fertile ground? Well, it? it was
1: fascinating because you can find you can trace the ideas back to what was happening at Dartmouth College, and it had been founded in 1769. And funny enough, you know the, the grandfather of Joseph and Hiram Smith was one of the main founders of Dartmouth College. His name was Professor John Smith. He he spoke ancient languages, four or five of them, and he knew how to translate the Bible. He taught other ministers, uh, but he did not stick with the Bible either. He had his own speculations. In fact, he was the one that came up with the idea of the pre-existence. That came out of his... So, there were uh, professor john smith who developed a lot of the speculative ideas about bible and, and it was founded as the school of the prophets but in those days how
0: interesting the
1: the you know prior to jesus prophets were to- those that told of the messiah after jesus it was meant in most circles as people that expounded the bible
0: mm-hmm.
1: that a prophet was someone that talked about the messiah jesus as recorded in the bible Mm -hmm. so but but there were these other radical sects that grew up in radical towns in eastern united states uh, who they had self-proclaimed prophets that would go outside the bible to you know and like i said they threw out protestant christianity Mm -hmm. scripture alone faith alone grace alone christ alone they demanded strict obedience from their followers and they had all these other revelations what they called. so at Dartmouth there was Professor John Smith and there were three other main thinkers that we can we can determine their ideas ended up in Mormonism Smith uh, a man named Eden Burroughs who had a son named Stephen Burroughs who was who his 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 son Stephen posed as a counterfeiter i mean posed as a preacher but then he was really a big time counterfeiter behind the scenes so he would fool people into thinking that he was a pious christian preacher but he was actually heading up this big counterfeiting network Hmm. and fooling everybody and so that that, he wrote a best-selling book and made a lot of money then there was solomon Spaulding, who came up with the idea of a he he said he he boasted he could write a spurious history and have it be passed off as history by all except the most learned historians. Uh, and then we have a record of Joseph Smith Sr. boasting the same thing. Hmm. So that was where that idea came and Maybe he maybe. He so just...
0: Joseph Smith was influenced by all this... Well, Joseph not Smith Sr. From... and Lucy
1: lived in not... that area for 10 years, and their son Hiram attended Dartmouth College the prep school for Dartmouth College and they were all in the same building very small class 30 30 were in the graduating class so they would have all known the other professors and and the other uh person who they borrowed from was Reverend Ethan Smith who he was the main proponent of the idea that the that the Hebrew that the Native Americans were descended from the Hebrews Mm -hmm. So they you have all those ma- ideas that they drew from and and mm-hmm. uh and you find it in the Book of Mormon <laughs> yeah, it's you find it in, <laughs> in Mormonism Mormon, that's where they got all the seeds you know that were sown.
0: Well, mm-hmm. let's get into some of the things that they did. Uh, Alvin, you write right, where Alvin and Joseph and Hiram, who are all brothers, mm-hmm. uh, what they would do is that they would run this scam where they told people that they would help them find lost property with their seer stones. But in reality, what they had done is they had stolen the property <laughs> from these people and <laughs> hidden it. And so they knew where it was. And so these guys said, OK, go find it with your seer stones and I'll pay you for it. And so they found it because they had stolen and it and hidden it it away themselves right so this is the scam that they're involved it doesn't take the, anything supernatural right. to hide some
1: you know steal somebody's property hide and then uh well i know where it is yeah. and
0: and then that'll be a hundred dollars or yeah. however yeah. however and, much and then they think they've got these supernatural powers and they're making people fell for it but it yeah. was not a. they did not come up
1: with that trick themselves either stephen burroughs the big counterfeiter started out his life a crime the same way hmm. so did it major counterfeiter in England, so they were networking along with these different crim, you know, crime networks and, and it, it, Joseph Smith Sr. got named in two counterfeiting cases in 1807, and Stephen Burroughs was mm. running this big counterfeiting network, so he must have been a
0: runner or Some, a passer Somewhere involved with Involved it. Yeah. with Stephen yeah. Burroughs, and so yeah, it was not a no, new trick. So they were doing this conjuring and these psychic things, and and in fact, well, I, I guess I'll quote from page 118, which kind of explains it better. Uh, but God has prohibited this kind of activity, by the way, oh, in the Bible. He's 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 prohibited conjuring, psychics, witchcraft, and all occult activity. Yeah, Thou shalt not
1: steal is one
0: of them. And in fact, Joseph Smith did <laughs> almost everything God prohibited. It seems, but anyway, yeah, delving into the occult is <laughs> the not occult. allowed. Um, Anyway, you wrote on page 118, with Joseph Smith acting as the leading conjurer, the money diggers would then hold midnight sessions and seek to contact the spirits that guarded the treasure, using methods gleaned from occult books and witchcraft manuals. Some of these books have been handed down among the early Latter-day Saints for many generations. Smith was quite successful at persuading prosperous but credulous farmers to pay for teams of diggers' expenses for months or even years, but he always had to come up with a new story as to why no treasure was found. Okay? okay. So so that's the scheme. That's and that and it was successful. It was prosperous. And he was not the first one to come up with that either. There
1: was a man named Ron, Ransford Rogers, who was a distant cousin of his, who would do this. They would uh, have these elaborate rituals you know, at four steps, gain the investors, small group of elite and, you know, prosperous farmers that would uh put up the money and then they would hold these midnight seances where they would conjure the ghosts and do these rituals and the alcohol would be freely flowing and Joseph Smith and and (gasps) meanwhile (laughs) meanwhile the investors would be paying their invest their expenses for months you know they would go for up to a year two years sometimes Conjuring the ghost, oh, it's going to be just that over, you know, the next time we do it, it is, the ghost will be appeased and we'll be able to get the treasure. 90% of people were farmers back then, and so this would have been like hitting the lottery. You, get, you find
0: buried treasure mm-hmm. in your backyard. but uh, You mentioned that he even just, offered, as he wanted talked about offering a human sacrifice for one oh, of these yeah. deals. Well, he never really did it, though. Well we don't
1: know because
0: in in chapter in the
1: chapter in my book on Oliver Harper, it there's evidence that there could have even been a murder so but we don't know yeah no. um, but people said that the money digging group that was that Oliver Harper was employing, which included Isaac Hale, his uh, J- Joseph Smith senior and jr that were boarding at Agnes kale's house, and the next-door neighbor, Jason Treadwell, who was his... He, he was a convicted murderer of Joseph Smith's employer who was oh, paying all this money
0: what to, a, what to a uh, web
1: they conjure the there. ghosts. And he paid, you know, he he worked for him for two years and this is according to credible sources mm-hmm. like Susan Blackman who wrote the history of Susquehanna County well again and you've
0: got all the footnotes in here you've got yeah. all the references for so, anybody who wants to check you out after two years and two thousand dollars Harper
1: said no more I'm not gonna spend anymore and shortly after that he's murdered by one of, somebody that was hanging around in the money making group
0: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it
1: looks really suspicious
0: mm-hmm. and well there is a there is a a, a writing a hit, uh, um, evidence that he actually killed a sheep. He stole his neighbor's sheep and sacrificed it, slit its throat, and led it around in a circle, which is very occultic activity.
1: Well, and it and says right in the records that the mm-hmm. money digging group was calling for for an actual human sacrifice. sacrifice. Like, so I mean it. Mm-hmm. It's very. Uh, dubious. It's I mean, very bad. It's, it's very bad that, that so many <laughs> millions of
0: people on the planet would follow. And this is before he's religion. supposed to be uh, Joseph Smith is, preparing, yeah. you know,
1: to, to, to write the book or to the uh,
0: you, s- you said the only conclusion yeah. on page 151, quote, the only conclusion not in doubt is that Joseph Smith and his father were involved in some very shady activities, supposedly while he was preparing to be the spokesperson for the Holy God of the Bible. But so he w- This was planned. They, they there yeah. was a scheme they had. He practiced this kind of con
1: artistry with the seer stone on the prosperous farmers for a minimum of 7 years from when he was 14 to when he was 21. And Dan Vogel went and researched every place where he had these holes that you know these clients were that would pay them to dig these deep holes and the treasure was just going to be found be, and they'd have to f- come up with some story at the end where that why they didn't tr- found the treasure but he did it for at least 7 years so he got really good at it but in 1826 uh no treasure you know he got arrested so it it's not like he did it uh once or twice for right, a month right. like they it tried was to ongoing, stay. yeah it
0: was he, a pattern. he 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 was he, very skilled. At but he covered it with this religious, religiosity. He covered it, covered what he was doing with being a man of God, a spokesman for God. Well, neighbors in Palmyra said the Smiths are very good
1: at telling a bold-faced lie and then speaking in the next sentence about God and angels and holy religious language. And then at the trial when Joseph Smith did get arrested uh, and brought before a judge his father you know he tried to minimize his art, his con artistry and you know he was in a kind of dilemma like if I admit it then my followers won't believe me but if I it, I mean if I deny it my followers won't believe me if I admit it the judge will come down on me so he minimized oh well I I, I haven't really looked in the seer stone very much. I, it hurts my eyes, and I've stopped. I did a little bit, but but his father comes up and says, Well, I, I've i always prayed that this gift that my son has will only be used for godly purposes, this gift of looking through the seer stone. So it was right then that they started covering up f- for what they were really doing with religious language.
0: Mm-hmm so oh. do you think that joseph smith really used that seer stone to come up with the words for the book of mormon <laughs> <laughs> uh well he tricked people into thinking yeah. it that he translated with it he certainly uh, tricked them into believing it that's but, for sure but it's my
1: conclusion after really looking at it that the smith family collaborated on writing the book of mormon they, because part of it's even in Hiram's handwriting, and there's a revelation that says he was translating, and Lucy really knew a lot about. Mm-hmm. Well, it was in the Book of Mormon, and they had. They said themselves they had a lot of secret meetings mm-hmm. up until the time to- before the time that they were said to. You know that all he claimed that he knew Oliver Cowdery for the first time in May of 1829. No. They knew each other from way back. Their families mm-hmm, went back mm-hmm. to the Woodscrape group yeah. and to Litchfield, Connecticut. And there was this big network of people that knew each other and that kept in contact with each other. And Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery were cousins that had grown up knowing it. And we, there's observers that n- saw Oliver Cowdery spending a lot of time at the Smith House as early as 1823. Oh. So we know that isn't true. Um, but, with, you know, Hiram, with his learning that he gleaned from Dartmouth College, and Lucy with what she'd picked up, and, uh, Joseph Smith, who was pretty well-read. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he was well-read. Yeah, the idea that about he that. was an unlearned, yeah. <laughs> was wrong. Farm boy. Uh, and then Oliver Cowdery, he was... A, a good scribe and knew printing and knew about well he was one of the biggest counterfeiters too <laughs> all around probably learned from his father who housed justice winchell in his home Counterfeiter, you know, known counterfeiter as early as 1800.
0: So no, the authentic history of Mormonism, of course, doesn't have any of this information in it. In fact, it would be shocking to most Mormons uh, yeah. if they if they actually got into authentic Mormon history and read what went on. And even polygamists, you know, who are more fundamentalist fundamentalists. But how surprised were you when you discovered? All of this going on when you first discovered all this going on in Mormon history because you went some a Mormon yourself. Well,
1: yeah, I my his my ancestry goes back to Hebrews C. Kimball on my mother's side and mm-hmm. back to Thomas Grover, who was uh, J- J. Brigham Young's right hand man on my mother's side. So, so you got the, the how yeah, shocked were you? How did you was, react when you first discovered all this? I was very shocked. I was, I mean, I knew it was bad. I, I had an idea that Joseph Smith had. Fudged on a lot of things, and and he, you know, the book hist- Mormon wasn't historical; it was 19th century sources, and and but I didn't know the depth of the of the con artistry and the, you know, mm-hmm. the depth of what they had done, and but but when you and I and I was actually depressed for some weeks, you know, I, I was really saddened because I I was you know I always thought ancestors were. Pillars of virtue, facing yeah. mm-hmm. facing the pioneer mm-hmm. travails and and you know yeah. going out to the wild wilderness because they were called by God.
0: Right, well I you found out. out they were just the opposite.
1: But there were honest preachers in those days. There were honest Christian preachers oh, that yeah. would get ga- mm-hmm. would gather huge crowds. Jonathan Edwards and Charles Finney and. You know they they commanded a lot of respect, so that's how that's why they wanted to pose as a preacher.
0: Well, we're we're running out of time yeah. here. I have a, another. <laughs> there's lots to say. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. another quote that I want to to use, and I think it's very important to use this quote simply because it explains more of the style of the early Mormons. Um, on page three thirty seven, you said, "Why did the Missourians drive the Mormons from their state?" One reason came from an informant to William Weil who quoted Phineas Young, the loyal brother Brigham Young and longtime best friend Oliver Cowdery, of Oliver Cowdery. We have been driven from Missouri and Illinois because our people stole too much. They stole horses, cattle, and beehives. They robbed smokehouses and anything you can imagine. And then scores of us passed counterfeit money on the Gentiles. So there's admission, there's evidence right there that the, this is what they did. Re, reminds me of the, what Brigham Young said, remember he said that quote, we have the meanest men, you know, we can <laughs> well they, they just admitted they, they have the meanest men. <laughs> well and John Whitmer
1: who was the brother of David was the first uh, church historian and we have his history that he wrote and he put in there about the, the stealing from the smokehouses and the pillaging and all the things that they did in Missouri, that ended, the, mm-hmm. ended them up in jail and William Penniston said, you can't let these people take over because they're counterfeiters and thieves. Mm-hmm. And if, if they wouldn't have, if he had no reason to think that, that would have been un-American in persecution. But,
0: yeah, but they learned yeah.
1: early on to call it persecution when people were
0: just Telling calling the truth, them to account right. for their they still do crimes. that. They They still do that. The, so. the polygamy groups do that all the time. They call them to account. The, the last fraud with the FLDS, that $11 million food stamp fraud, they called it persecution. Uh, you know, yeah. we're just being persecuted. Well, you yeah.
1: He learned that from Stephen Burroughs, the big-time counterfeiter in Vermont, who mm-hmm. got away with that by doing that.
0: <laughs> okay, we've got a couple so, of minutes left. You want to take that time to talk about um, Joseph Smith claiming to be the second Muhammad or the Missouri Muhammad? Uh, well, yeah,
1: Joseph Smith Jr. studied the life of Muhammad. And there's a book called The American Muhammad written by Alvin Schmidt. And he documented 99 parallels between the life of Joseph Smith and the life of Muhammad 99 huh he, oh, wow. or, or maybe it was more than that but there's a whole book about it he documented everything Joseph Smith said he saw angels Muhammad said he saw angels they wrote holy books what they said was mm-hmm. they called themselves prophet and they were military leaders Joseph Smith raised an army of 4000 men mm-hmm. in Nauvoo mm-hmm. well he had, he had a, he had raised one in Missouri before that of 800 men so and they were they they, it's right in their notes. They planned to take over the whole American West. Yeah, he said the he whole United States, take, yeah. and then eventually the world. Well, he was secretly crowned king of the earth. Well, yeah, he was already acting as king at that time because mm-hmm. he was the mayor and the, head uh, of the city council and the and supreme president and the head of the army and, <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh,
0: he had big dreams. Well, <laughs> uh, Kathleen, there's a lot no. there's a lot our viewers could find out about Joseph Smith at early Mormon history if they buy your book and read it. So once again, they can get it at Amazon.com, utlm.org, Benchmark Books. Contact you. Uh, MormonCounterfeiting.com. Mormoncounterfeiting.com. MormonCounterfeiting.com.
1: And yeah, I'm I speak at different events too. If mm-hmm. you know, I'm available to speak to your group.
0: Yeah, if good. You like good. To Have had you got go? a couple more th- coming up this weekend that yep. you're going to be dealing with? And that's great. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we hardly recommend that you read the information. And again, she's got all the footnotes. It's not stuff that she's just gotten upset with Joseph Smith and wrote nonsense. No, it's, it's true. the church
1: records themselves. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. outside accusations, too.
0: Thank yeah. you, Kathleen. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Again. You Uh huh. You know, God has warned, He has spoken us and to us and warned us about following religious leaders blindly, that we're to investigate what people tell us. The most important thing that anyone can do um, is to find out the truth about their eternity. Humans have an insatiable desire to know the future before it happens. Yet instead of going to God to discover uh, available information, they'll go to false prophets or indulge in the occult to discover what God alone knows. We urge our viewers to investigate Joseph Smith, to discover how many false prophecies he really had, discover how he twisted God's Word, discovered how many men, women, and children, and and other women's husbands that he hurt because of his practice of polygamy, discover how he broke federal laws, one of them counterfeiting money and illegal treasure hunting, and then investigate Jesus and compare the character with Joseph Smith, and then choose between them because it's impossible to serve or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.